You are listening to 757 Bytes, where we talk about innovation and entrepreneurship in the 757 community and beyond. To learn more about the 757 CoLab network of organizations, visit 757collab.org and be sure to connect with us through our social media channels. And we're back, listeners, with another episode of 757 Bytes. Today, we are so pleased to be joined by Jetty of Bobo Collective. Welcome, Jetty. Oh, hey. I was going to say yay, but I thought that was too much. (laughs) Jetty, what does Bobo stand for? It stands for Black-Owned, Black-Operated. So that is the people that we service, basically the Black-Owned, Black-Operated business population, uh, specifically those in supply chain. Um, And then collective, that part stands for how the business operates. So instead of it being like a cooperative where everybody kind of is under contract to work with each other, these are independent supply chain businesses that work in a vertical. Um, So our services are complementary to one another. How did you get the original idea and how long have you been working on it? I'll answer the second question first because the first question is longer. I've been working on it for about three years. I started in 2019 and then we incorporated in 2020. So it's been a long time coming, but there wasn't a light bulb moment. It basically was like an evolution. I was a business owner who owned a boutique and I tried to get my products on the shelves. And so I learned the process, the minimum order amounts that you're required to have and the logistics to get it there and also about return policies. A lot of people who are product creators don't know that. And so I decided to help them, especially black owned businesses, because I was very familiar with their journey, um, I decided to help them do it. And then I just kind of like became obsessed with my business as we were talking about earlier. I became like very process focused. And so Bobo is really just an innovative process to get black owned consumer packaged goods on the shelf. You are currently a part of 757 Startup Studios, but in addition to that and keeping a full-time job, which we'll touch on a little (laughs) bit later, recently you just completed the Women in Color Star Academy and were one of the recipients that was fortunate enough to go to Texas and spend some time in Texas at the Capital One Supply Chain Accelerator. Can you talk about how important it is to be surrounded by like-minded individuals and to grow your network beyond geographically the 757, especially with what you're trying to accomplish? Yes. And this is probably the first time I've gotten a chance to talk about how important it is, especially because as people of color, as women founders, minority founders, we suffer from imposter syndrome. We internalize the idea that we don't belong in a space. And so when you are in an accelerator, not only does it make you feel knowledgeable about the space that you're entering, but it also gives you the support services. So I would never, I mean, excuse me, I would always recommend that a founder, especially when you're first starting on this journey, get as much help and go to as many accelerators as possible, as much as time allows, because I do have a full-time job. I'm a work for a law firm. So as much as time allows, travel to Texas, go to Austin, you know, go where you need to go in order to get the help you need. The support services are just there's no price that can measure how much you gain from being in those particular programs. So 757 Startup is like the heart of it for me because they're industry agnostic. And so I get to use a lot of the different services that are provided within the assembly campus, which is so important because I have meetings all the time. So I get 24-hour services to come in and out to do these meetings, to talk to my people within my collective. So that's super important. And I wouldn't have been able to do all those other things without it. 
So that's super important. And then Capital One focuses on our supply chain aspect of our business. So I'm able to talk to industry professionals who mentor me and make sure that I'm building my business in a way that's going to make it viable for the future. So we talk a lot about agile thinking and design thinking and things like that. And then Women of Color Star Academy focuses on a totally different aspect, which is fundraising. And basically what you as a founder of color may not know when you're pitching different venture capital firms, right? So all these things are complementary. And I think the point of it all to tie it together is that all these services are available to you. So take advantage of them and use them in such a way that will help you to build your business properly. Such a great point and something that we hear so often from founders is that they have an idea of what they need, whether right. that's extra acceleration, high touch points, access to capital, but don't know where to look or who to turn to to tap into some of those resources. Yeah. How did you uncover and find those two particular programs? I'm a beast at Google. I could, If you gave me four different keywords, I could find what you needed. So that's probably it. But I think once you're in a specific space, like for 757 Startup, I was actually lucky enough to have graduated from an accelerator called B-Force. And they were, they spoke so highly about 757 Startup. So I applied and I wasn't, I was denied the first time. But as soon as the applications came open again, I was like, I'm going for it. But um, first of all, stay in the network. So stay around people who are doing what you're looking for. And they'll probably recommend you and send you in the same vein as where you're going. But then I was, um, I'm on Google and I'm looking up things like Mogul Millennial and they have a newsletter and they tell you about all the different um, accelerators that are opening up. So I just kept my eyes and ears open and you know how algorithms work, <laughs> you know, it's like energy. Once your ears are open and the good Google gods are listening, they start sending things your way or spying on you, however, <laughs> yeah, but that's what happened. Can you unpack and talk about how you prioritize in terms of a time management or project management, the ever-growing list of things that you have to do with your startup and also realizing that you still have a nine-to-five and other hats that you wear in addition to those two work-related responsibilities? I would love to say that I'm this organized queen of scheduling. I am not. I'm actually attention deficit. I was diagnosed when I was about 23. Um, so I have a hard time wearing different hats without remembering the last hat that I had on. I've gotten a lot of help from 757 Startup. They actually linked me with an assistant who helps me to prioritize my time through SkillBridge. I don't know how familiar people are with that program, but it's for military veterans who want to transition out into the real world. And so they get a chance to work with our startups. So that's been like amazing as far as like my time management because I have somebody who is disciplined to my non-disciplined way of being. So there isn't really a good answer for that for me. I haven't learned how to prioritize my time still. I just make sure that the hats that I'm dealing with. Okay, so maybe I do have an answer because I don't want you guys to think like, how does she run a company? Um, mind mapping. So instead of me just kind of like leaving my time open, I have a very strict framework as to what I want to get accomplished. And then I am very good at shifting and pivoting my priorities based on that timeline and that framework. So that's basically how I manage my time. Whatever thing is in that like pipeline for me to build, I focus all my energy and time on it. So does my team. We do a lot of scrum methodology. So yeah, I do know some things. <laughs> we do a lot of scrum methodology and we sprint around a specific project within that framework. That's kind of how I prioritize my time, but it's not very cut and dry. Tomorrow we're going to tackle this. No, I don't think as a startup, you probably could do that realistically, because again, you always have to shift and pivot depending on what somebody requires of you at any given moment. 
And I think it's important to note that it's not a right or a wrong. It's a what works for you and just being consistent and making sure that whether that's weekly or monthly or quarterly, you're revisiting to see these were the expectations and outcomes that we started the month or quarter trying to hit. This is what we were able to iterate on the process. So clearly success leaves clues that you're doing more things right than wrong, continuing to make positive progress with your startup. Well, just to add to that, I do have a, I don't know if it's a methodology, but basically you have like this grand overview of what it is you want to like accomplish in like 12 weeks. So usually I give myself like two or three things and that way I can actually see my progress and track it. So that's, that's maybe the bigger overview, like for people who are time management, like oriented, that would be the thing for me, like get funding, work on fundraising. So I know that within 12 weeks, I'm tracking it. How well are we doing? And my metrics are how many people have we reached out to those types of things. So yeah, we do have uh, traditional ways of keeping track of our time, but I'm more flexible than that. I think our company runs because, or it runs in such a way that we are very much able to kind of flow like water depending on what our priorities are. What stage of development is Bobo Collective in currently? We're in prototyping and developing relationships. I don't know if that's a phase, but that's what we're doing. (laughs) Um, We're developing relationships with ministries and governments, uh, specifically in Africa. We're trying to create very, very strong relationships with those types of agencies so that as we expand our program and we move from personal care and grooming products to maybe fashion right and accessories we already are somebody that people are familiar with and so they will come to us when we're ready with that particular industry they'll be ready to come to us like hey we want to be suppliers for you know your fashion brands or what have you So with that being said, I know it's hard to put a definitive timeline on anything there, but are are you, is is a launch on the horizon? Are are you hoping to have something to show and start getting feedback in the community? Yes. (laughs) Nice one. Um, So we are working on personal care and grooming products. And so the launch for our first group of product creatives will actually be on July 3rd of this year. So people will be able, this is an event that's free and open to the public. It will be here at the Assembly Campus, um, either in the living room, which is downstairs, or on the rooftop, haven't decided yet, depending on how many people we invite. Um, But it's going to be an event where you can see the products and you're going to be able to see our story, which is the most important part of what we do. You know, this is for people who are conscious consumers, not for people who buy anything. These are people who want to know where their product came from and where it's going to end up. Um, Bobo is a company you want to be a part of. So I'm inviting people out because, again, it is open to the public to join us and see the products demonstrated, meet the people who made the products, meet some of the suppliers. We're going to have our um, sourcing agent come here all the way from Africa, uh, Deborah. So it's going to be amazing. We have some important people come in, but I won't mention it because it's a tentative acceptance to our invitation. So, yeah, um, it's going to be an amazing event, and I'm inviting the public out to join and see. It's been one of your greatest surprises in your entrepreneurial journey thus far. How fluid I am. I am not like this in any other part of my life, y'all, I swear. Like, every other part of my life, I like I said, I work for a law firm. So to some degree, you have to be very particular. And so in those aspects of my life, I'm very like, this has to be done this way, and it has to be done at this time, and tab one, tab two, you know what I mean? Everything is very well ordered. But with Bobo, I'm just very willing to be whatever it needs me to be, you know? And I think that as an entrepreneur, that surprised me. I didn't think that I was going to be the typical millennial boss, you know? Like, I'm very willing to work around my 
interns and I'm very willing to have remote workers. I'm building my company as a company of the future. And I didn't even realize that I had that in me. I thought I was going to be very structured and apparently I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the opposite when it comes to this. So yeah, I'm actually surprised at the growth that I've had to be able to take on such a large project. And I'd say a project because I want to continue to build it. So I don't want to think of it as something set. Um, to take on such a large project and be able to let the project lead me instead of being so like being so straight about how the project is defined, you know, and, and that's what I think is amazing. And so I think I'm going to be an amazing founder simply because as we continue to build this project, because I'm allowing the project to tell me what it needs as opposed to the other way around. When you think of the entrepreneurial ecosystem in the Hampton Roads region, what are some words that come to mind? Exciting. I don't think, I think surprising. People don't even know what is going to hit them from Hampton Roads. I don't think that there are some people in Silicon Valley because I have contacts in both because I've been doing this for about three years. So during the pandemic, a lot of the people that you hear about that are in litigation, I probably have talked to them on Clubhouse a time or two or try to pitch them. I don't think they even really looked at this area, but the emerging market in defense, um, in manufacturing, there is money being poured into this region for a reason. So I think there's you're going to be surprised of what came or what is coming out of it. The technology regarding defense and manufacturing, I think it's going to blow minds. I really do. I'm surprised and I'm excited. I can't wait to locate in Norfolk. I know people always discount Norfolk. I don't care. I love Norfolk. Boo-hoo. Um, but Norfolk is a powerhouse. They are the financial epicenter of Hampton Roads. I'm so excited about what's coming out of here and just even happy that 757 Startup is here and I get to experience this ecosystem. And we're hoping that Bobo is a part of that. If you had to look into a crystal ball <laughs> three years from now, where do you see Bobo Collective? I actually mapped that out. So that's one thing I did map out. Um, so three years from now, we plan on having a location in Norfolk, and we also plan on having a location in Ghana. So we can centralize where we receive all our raw materials. My plan is to, again, create very strong relationships with the western coast of Africa, from Ghana and Gambia, Nigeria, Cote d'Ivoire, very, very strong relationships with suppliers and farmers there um, so that we can grow this particular pillar of personal care and grooming. That's what we'd like to be at in three years. Jetty, thank you so much for coming out and sharing a little bit about Bobo and yourself. Where can our listeners stay in touch and follow your journey and the life of Bobo Collective? So because the journey is so much of a story of where we started to where we're going to be, um, I encourage everyone to follow us on Instagram because that story is going to be fully flushed out there. So they'll be able to meet the farmers and they'll be able to meet the manufacturers and the product creators. So yeah, I definitely want them to stay in touch with us on Instagram. But And that's you know, hashtag. But the Bobo Collective. <laughs> I would be a fool if it wasn't, but yeah, the Bobo Collective. So yes, or you guys can check us out at www.bobocollective.com. Well, we appreciate you spending time with us today. Until next episode, we'll see everybody when we see you. 757 Collab is a collaborative vehicle focused on growing an interconnected, inclusive, and impactful entrepreneurial ecosystem. 757 Collab manages and coordinates the activities of three resources, 757 Angels, 757 Accelerate, and 757 Startup Studios.